the Colton and Joe Show, episode 97, the last season analysis episode. Uh, my memory serves me right. We did the South last, now we're doing West, one of the most stacked divisions, most talented divisions in the yeah. whole NFL. Lots of, uh, lots of good players and stats to look through for this episode. We have the 49ers losing the division, then the Cardinals, then the uh, Seahawks, and the Rams. Um, that was the Rams and the Seahawks. I always forget one division. The Seahawks yeah. and the winners. I, the always, Rams I always forget. Uh, yeah, and they made the wild card. I, I always forget one team. Whenever I'm going through divisions, I can name, like, just, like, off the top of my head, I can probably name, like, 30 or, like, 31 teams, and then just sometimes I'll forget, like, one. Like, <laughs> it's always like that, sadly enough. But if I go through the divisions, it's... It's different. Anyway, so this is an interesting one. We just had some pretty big news break. Pretty close. Like, I guess it's probably like four hours ago now. Um, yeah. Big news. I was I was out on a run, and um, when I got back, yeah, I saw I saw the big news. And we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. But in the meantime, yes. how was your weekend? Um, it was good. It was a good weekend. Um, Easter weekend, obviously. Um Fun time. Got together, went to my aunt's house, uh, and just hung out there with the family. You know, always, always something interesting. But on Easter, sometimes, sometimes you get annoyed with the littler kids. You get fed up a bit, and you got to. I had to get take a walk for a little bit. That <laughs> guys, I had to sword fight some little kids for for a long time. I got a little fed up. I went and took a walk around the neighborhood for like an hour. Just put the headphones in, jammed out to some music, and just chilled out. But um. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Um, you know, just staying in the gym, getting getting that grind on. Basketball, open gym, start up tomorrow again. So that's, I guess, going to give me something else to do. Um, national championship on tonight. I'll be watching that after we record. By the time you guys see this, uh, you already know who the winner will be. I predicted Gonzaga. Joe predicted Baylor. So somebody will be right. Joe doesn't know too much about college basketball, though. But somebody's going to be somebody's going to have bragging yeah, rights I- on the next episode. Yeah. Okay. So, I thought of this. I don't know what I'm gonna do after I make my mock draft. I'm gonna go through with a like a a number generator. I'm gonna make a list of prospects, and I'm gonna see what like the random baseline is, and see if if the random baseline generator is better than our mock draft. But it's kind of unfair because like obviously we know who the number one overall pick is at this point. After the the breaking news, we basically know who the number two pick is, and like you know, so there's two the the random generated number one. Uh, <laughs> is kind of at a disadvantage. I think that'd be cool because everyone always says that the draft is so random. It's like stupid to make drop make mock drafts. But I'm gonna I want to test that, put that theory to the test. And this is kind of the same. Like a random <laughs> flipping a coin is probably a better chance of predicting who's the winner of a, an NCAA tournament than me. I just don't know what's going on that much. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe. So how was how was your weekend? What'd you do? Uh, you know, my my Easter weekend was interesting. I was out playing some. I was at my aunt's house, and my, my right by my aunt's house, there's a basketball court. Well, the basketball court, it's a, it's a kind of a bummy court. But I was up there with both my cousins at different times. Um, I beat my cousin Timothy, and then Kid Punk, uh, James Bruce, the, the creator of our Colton and Joe Show intro song, actually beat me by uh, like four points. We played to eleven. He beat me by quite a lot. <laughs> um, he's always he played basketball in high school, and he was. He was pretty good, um, but I lost. <laughs> you know, it it wasn't that bad. I just I missed a few I missed a few open layups and that that hurt. But I made some nice fadeaways and stuff. Like it wasn't a terrible day of basketball, but you know, mm-hmm. always he's, fun. He's short. 
he's kind of shit. He's short. Uh, he's short compared to me, and he's so he's kind of shifty and can can move around. So it's, it's family basketball games. That sounds like that sounds like a fun Easter tradition. Family's lame on that stuff. We don't play the. We don't have the Easter football games <laughs> going on, or the or not the Thanksgiving football games. I mean, or the Easter. Not the Easter basketball is like a widespread thing, but it would be fun. <laughs> no, it's not like a tradition. It's just like, well, yeah. um, the, like it's just something that happens. We never have, well, I've never played a game of football. I always want to get a like a pick, game of pickup football game on Thanksgiving, but my family's not big enough that it could actually be serious. So yeah, I got there's um, my, there's like eleven people like Christmas and Thanksgiving. So you can like even if every single person played, including like my mom and my aunt. That are not going to ever play a game of pickup football. It would still be like kind of small teams, so It'd be five on five. So Literally. yeah, I was the same boat. Like ever, like we have a big, pretty big family, but like it's all like smaller cousins or cousins that like have no interest in playing any of this, <laughs> any of that stuff. I could get like mm-hmm. like a three on three maybe, but it, it's not. It would just be like a three on three with cousins because like none of like the adults are going to want to play. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's like. It's not like the stereotypical Thanksgiving football game. That'd be that would be fun, but can't I know, say yeah, that'd be so fun. I want to yeah. get one of those going, but I, I sadly I don't think that's going to happen at any point. But one day yeah, when I'm not, an adult, I vow that when I'm yeah. an adult, I will be the uncle that uh will be will get the football games going. Mm-hmm. If my my cousins and my sister get married and they have lots of kids, I'll be putting together a pickup football game. And then I'll mm-hmm. I'll run them all over. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's fun though. You know, I don't. I'm not like Easter's the the meaning behind Easter is nice, but like other than like the church service and stuff, it's like Easter wasn't has never really been my favorite holiday. Like the food isn't that good, and it's on Sunday, so my parents don't really like want us to like do too much, and we have to go to church. Like there's a lot, big time limitation because we have to go to church afterwards and stuff. So, uh, do you guys have yeah, like I'm not gonna service Easter. on Easter Sunday? <laughs> Yeah, we used to we used to go to the like the night one because we had my like grandma lived with us, and it was like you know hard for us to get around like that, and you know. But now we're we don't like we can make it to the night services now. <laughs> she she passed away sadly enough, but yeah, yeah. We have anyway. We have the one Easter in the morning that we go to service, and then everything's canceled on our church on Sunday night. So we just it's just the morning service, and then we got a free day to hang out with the family. So it's it's interesting. Some most yeah, most I, of the time good. I, sometimes I, yeah, I don't like. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I like. I don't really have. I don't have. Like I'm the youngest in my family. I was when I was younger. I was the kid. I was annoying the older kids. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to. I don't have to go for for walks around the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um. Anyhow, I'm the second oldest. With our or, Easter discussion. Third, third oldest in that side of the family. So I'd, I do the walking. <laughs> nice. Anyway, with our Easter discussions underway, let's get the news. Um, we got to we got to start with the big piece. I want to talk about the big piece. Yes. Yes. Obviously, you're starting off with the big piece of news. Dropped like three, four hours ago, something along those lines. Um, Sam Darnold has been traded from the New York Jets to the Carolina Panthers. Um, so the full trade: Carolina receives quarterback Sam Darnold. The Jets receive a 2021 sixth round pick, a 2022 second round pick and a 2022 fourth-round pick, which is, is weird. There's literally reports coming out, like, yesterday about, like, New York wants to, like, maybe draft a quarterback and have a competition. Or maybe they, they're they not going to – maybe they're going to draft Panay Sewell with the second pick. But 
it's not yeah, obviously and then they strip out Sam Darnold. We we can pretty much attest Zach Wilson will probably go number two in the draft. Um some people have been saying like Justin Fields or Trey Lance or something. No, it'll be Zach Wilson, I'm sure. Did if you saw his pro day, um Zach Wilson should go number <laughs> number two in the draft. The Jets are fully <laughs> Yes, for yeah. sure, for sure. Um uh, this is interesting because with that, um, according to Ian Rappaport, the Panthers are expected to explore trade options for quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Um, for me, looking at this from the outside, I was thinking, well, it's not like Sam Darnold was going to be the like. It's not like Sam Darnold was going to be like the guaranteed starter. I, I felt like coming in, I felt like there was going to have to be a competition. But seemingly, it's Sam Darnold's job. Seemingly, right? It's yeah. just like um, I felt like like Sam Darnold played so bad this year. And while I'm a guy that historically has seen a lot of value in Sam Darnold, um, and I love Teddy Bridgewater for sure, as you all know, um, I thought Teddy Bridgewater was a better quarterback this year, but Sam has more potential. So my thought was that they were going to be a battle, but I guess they're just kind of throwing Sam Darnold in, into the starting job and seeing what happens because they're already looking to trade Teddy Bridgewater. Um, they also, according to Ian Rapport, could keep him on, maybe try to restructure his contract or something. But um, it looks all signs are pointing towards Sam Darnold being the week one starter. So. Mm. It makes just too much sense to me. Why, why, why wouldn't you keep uh, keep a, a Teddy Bridgewater around? Because he's never really had a good, good mentor. He's been thrown around with coaches, and he, you know, he had to deal with Adam Gase for a little bit there. I feel like it would make a lot of sense if you could keep around um, keep around a really solid like quarterback there and have a quarterback battle. And if you keep him, you know, you can, obviously you need to restructure the contract. He's making making big bucks at the moment, but. Yes. <laughs> You know, I feel like they're they couldn't be that similar. Like they couldn't be that different of quarterback styles that you couldn't keep around uh, Teddy Bridgewater trying mentor to an extent. But I guess that didn't really go through Matt Rolls head that much. Um, <laughs> yeah, and sadly, I, sad as as much as it pains it a, me to say, I, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater's ever going to be like a starter again, like a real NFL starting QB. I don't see it ever happening okay. again. Sadly. As sad as it makes me, because as if you guys have been listening, you know that I'm that he's my favorite quarterback in the league, has been for years. Um, and because really, he's on the bottom. He was on the bottom tier of starting QBs this season. Really, it was like Teddy, Sam Darnold, Drew Locke, like, like there are a couple people that are down there on and at rock bottom. But like they're going to get QBs. You know what I mean? Like Jacksonville's getting a QB. Jets are getting a new QB. I mean Carolina got a new QB. I mean. I'm, Unless something that doesn't work out with Jameis Winston and the Saints, like trade back for him, or I, it doesn't look like I don't think Teddy's ever going to be a starter. He'll be like one of the best backups in the league, but as sad as it makes me, I don't think he's going to be like a week one starter ever. Yeah, yeah, I get that. That's sad. That is sad. Teddy Bridgewater is a great story, but you know, I, there's there's physical limitations. His arm isn't terribly uh, strong. <clears throat> that is something. Sam Donald, I like the thing is, like, did not get like much in return for Sam Darnold. I get like the trade market on Sam Darnold effort and after still like a bad year was not high. But you're telling me you couldn't even get like a third round pick for Sam Darnold? That's you like, got a second that, round pick. You're going to get, wait, really? Okay. I'm, 2022 <clears throat> second. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Anyway, that's, that's not that terrible. But if, if you're the Steelers or your team like that, that, you know, you, you have an aging veteran quarterback, why can't you go out and give up a second round pick for, for Sam Darnold? There's the, the potential is oozing out of him. <laughs> you know, like I feel like that would make a lot of sense. There was lots for years there's been rumors of, of uh Darnold of Pittsburgh, but never never came to fruition. And now yeah, he's a likely starter in 
Carolina, and it's, I feel like it's going to work out, though. I feel like Sam Darnold's going to have a good year. Lots of weapons there in reality. You know, <laughs> you're pairing up with, with Robbie. Robbie Anderson. You get a much you get a much better Robbie Anderson than you had in, in New York. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen some funny memes about that. It's, it's like an Robbie interesting Anderson, and it's like everywhere I go, I see his face, and it's like the picture of Sam Darnold. I've seen some pretty funny stuff about that. Yeah, it's hilarious. But <laughs> um, I sent you that. I sent you the one, and it was like <clears throat> it was a I think it was a Simpsons, and it was like someone throwing out someone that looks like Sam Donald and then Sam Donald showing up right behind him. Anyway, it, it was, it's, mm-hmm. it's a good move though. Oh, I feel like it makes a lot of sense. I, for some reason I thought that was a third round pick and I was like, you're, you're not even getting that much return, but the first second round pick, I think that's solid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't bad. Well, you know, it, it's okay. I mean, the, this kind of rules them out. I would say of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, most likely. Um, they were a yeah. team that was heavy into it. And a lot of people thought Deshaun to Carolina was going to be a real thing. I, I kind of feel like that's probably in the back burners now at this point. Um, but my, my pick to Miami could still somehow – it could maybe work out, hopefully. Hopefully. I don't want to see Deshaun Watson sit out the season. I really don't want to see it. And I feel like that's what's going to happen if sure. he doesn't like, traded. As bad, as bad as I want Deshaun Watson to be to be uh, not guilty, there's there's like 24 people. You're, I, I find it hard to believe there's not – there's 24 women lying about Deshaun Watson. Well, Okay, the yeah. way I see this, well, I'm not going to say what I think, but from the story, I don't know if this is entirely true because I don't actually know that much about the case. But from what I've heard, like basically every single case is from one lawyer. Like this, like that yeah, one lawyer that. that was like freaking out on like Instagram DMs and stuff was like representing like all cases. And I feel like that's a little bit sketchy that this one like weird lawyer that's like all insecure on Instagram and like, social media savvy and all this and that like rep- like reportedly asked for like a six-figure settlement before like even going public with this like is representing all of them like it's sketchy don't get me wrong and like some of the stuff like i don't if it's true you know it's definitely not good for deshaun watson but i'm i don't know how much credit i'm giving to either side yeah yeah, it's certainly a very, it's a very disheartening situation. But that is something that I, it's hard to, it's fine, it's like hard for me to believe that Deshaun Watson is, is I don't know either way. But the thing that to me that keeps like, keeps me thinking is that he, he like put, he put on Instagram or put on Twitter or something and he was, yeah, he was offered a settlement. And he was like, no, I'm not going to just pay off money. Like I want to clear my name, you know, that's like, yeah, that takes good character. So I, yeah, I, and a bunch of different stuff. Like oh, I've seen some insiders talk about how, like tw- like twenty four different masseuses. Like, do we really think <laughs> this dude like went to twenty four different women to get a massage and just like a bunch of weird like uh, like weird like uh, faulty uh, things? And there's a lot of inconsistencies on both sides. But I'm not gonna like I don't know what's going on here. I'm not gonna make a comment on like whether I think he did it or not. That seems a little bit distasteful to an extent. I don't know. Um, I, I, until I hear some more information, I can't really say what I think on the on the matter. I have no clue what I think. Yeah, yeah, that's a <clears throat> well said, well said. But I mean, we can get off of that kind of uh, saddening topic. <laughs> yeah, strange, strange topic. But now, a piece of news that literally came out like five minutes ago, while like right before we started recording. Um, former Seahawks corner Quentin Dunbar is signing with the Detroit Lions on a one-year deal. Um, joining that secondary, including 
third overall pick last season, Jeff Okuda and uh, breakout safety Jerome Harmon. Um, a pretty, you know, an, an interesting secondary. Um, it all comes down on the hands of Jeff Okuda. Is he going to be able to develop? Is he not? You know, he was obviously like the best corner prospect by far last season and kind of did not live up to the hype in the season. You know what I mean? And they're, they're bringing in Quentin Dunbar to be the number one corner for the year. See if Jeff Okuda develops as the, you know, maybe kind of the number two, number one guy. See well, what, what's going on there. See how he develops. I'm really interested to see Jeff Okuda this year because I felt like when he played, like especially towards the end of the season, there were some flashes there that he could, you know, he could start to, you could start to see him be what he was projected to be. But overall, last season, he did not live up to that. So I, I'm interested to see what comes of this whole of this signing with in terms of Jeff Okuda. I just want to watch Jeff Okuda this season because he'll be one of the more intriguing players in the whole season. Definitely, definitely. This is a this is really a make it break it year for, for Jeff Okuda, to be honest. Because if you – oh, shoot. Uh, oops. <laughs> um, if you have a bad year and you're Jeff Okuda, you're jacked that high. Like, I don't think – I feel like a lot of a lot of people are going to be turned off. <laughs> you know, cornerbacks, you're going to be like – Artie Burns – I feel like cornerbacks don't really, like, bust that much as far as draft picks, but, like – there's Artie Burns and there's other people up to the hype, you know. I mean, like Artie Burns. Even last year, like you look at, at like Damon Arnett was drafted pretty early. He sucked. Jeff Gladney was a first round pick to who we'll talk about later in the news section. Um, he busted. Noah Igbenogany stinks. Um, I feel like it's like a fifty fifty shot on corners. Yeah, I don't know. The, the draft overall. There's there's always so many questions. Like, like yes, there's some very questionable draft picks made in the past that's that's not that's not something it's so it's so hard to tell someone's good there's a lot of it's a whole science basically but yeah yeah there's a lot that goes into it and in football especially like football and like all college sports just kind of like i get confused at times thinking about how scouting really works because it's like you could be like one of the best players in in college football but like scouts just know that like you don't have what it takes to be an nfl prospect and i don't know how they know that same with like basketball like the luca garza the men's player like the the equi- he won what is the equivalency of the heisman for college basketball and it's projected to be like a mid-second round pick and there's only two rounds in the nba so like yeah. a really late pick and i don't know who looks at that and is like okay yeah he's not good enough to be in the nba but this guy is who's like luca garza i was like 26 points per game but like this dude who averaged like 12 off the bench is like going to be an nba guy but this guy is and they're right like how do we determine like even last season that like jalen hurts it was the only the only quarterback last season to receive a heisman vote other than joe burrow so theoretically you would say well is hurts the second cube the second best qb in the draft why does he fall to the second round while like four or five qbs get taken in the first like well who just like i don't understand how we decide this stuff they're always right but i don't know like I don't know how you like look at that stuff, like look at a player play, see how amazing he performs in college, and be like, he's not an NBA prospect or he's not like an NFL prospect. And then, and you're right, like I don't know how that stuff comes into play. Yeah, I, I feel like it's just like it's the, it's the mental side, I guess. Like I know there's a lot of questions around all pretty much every quarterback except for Lawrence right now, and it's like the only reason why Fields like Fields can make every throw in the book, but he's like he cannot read the field. At, at an elite level, which is something to bring his his uh his stock down. But I, I don't know. I, I'm Fields is a very like I, I'm very split on Fields right now. I don't really know how I feel about Fields. So if you now 
we're not we haven't neither of us at least i have not like dived into the tape or the mock drafts or whatever but just just as before more stuff comes out what what's your like top five qb what's your rankings of the draft qbs so so lawrence is obviously one and then i don't know two split between either fields or wilson but i think just i think i'll go wilson at two then at three i'll have uh the, uh, the Ohio State quarterback. I just said his name. I forget Justin it now. Fields. And then Lance and then Mac Jones. Yeah, Justin Fields. That's my yeah, that's my I ranking. Agree. Right yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. my same top five. It's, also, just to change. Wilson's tough, though, because there's a lot. Like, obviously, you look at the pro day. The pro day was amazing. But there's a lot of people that dispute that, you know, everything. But <clears throat> right now, that's where I think I put it. Yeah, and Fields is a lot that, more of a, like, modern-day QB. Like, where like he's a he's like what like the fourth highest uh is like the fourth highest forty yard dash of like a QB of all time something like that. Oh yeah, he's, yeah, it was like a four two two or something like that. No, four two two is a record all time. That was John Ross. Okay, never mind. I know it's like I know Lamar Jackson had a higher one, RG three, and Michael oh. Vick's brother had a higher one. I don't remember his name, but <laughs> Michael Vick's brother had a higher one. Oh, um, and then somebody you're talking and then about, Fields. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then Fields. It, be it might have been like Cam or like I don't know. No, it, it wasn't Cam. Cam's too big for that. I, I don't know. I can't think of who the other one was, but it was four four three. Was Justin Fields' uh, forty time? Okay, yeah. four four three. Okay. I said four two two. I guess that was that's stupid, but yeah, <laughs> Fields' new four three. So, yeah. Fields was. It wasn't. He wouldn't sure. even look. Yeah, that's that's some athleticism right there. You don't see Mac Jones running a four four. No, you don't. I, see I Mac don't think. Jones I feel like Mac like Jones four five. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Mac Jones. Like, if I more like those are the, the top five prospects right now. If I like knew people that were going to be drafted, I might actually have them above Mac Jones. I knew like I I know like what I think I know like the my sixth guy is probably Kyle Trask. That's like the only other one I know. I think. I forgot about that. <laughs> I think that's that. Anyway, we, we, we've been ranting every piece of news. This is this next piece of news is one that I'm actually really interested in, and it's it's a good and a bad thing. Um, so we didn't report on it because I actually didn't think that it had much of a chance of passing at the time. Um, Kansas City, the, the, the Chiefs proposed a rule change um, at like the NFL like league meetings or oh, whatever. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So the, it was like it would allow. Um, all skill position players to wear single digit numbers, and skill position players is um, really any player besides linemen. Other <laughs> um, than that, so that would be apart from the positions that are already allowed to wear single digits, being QB, uh, kicker, and punter. Now, this would allow wide receiver, tight end, running back, defensive backs, and linebackers to all wear um, single digit numbers. And according to Peter King, it is actually likely to pass later this month at the official league meetings where the actual rule changes are put into effect. And this is a good and a bad thing, like I said, because it's it's good because it's gonna it, it would look it look, it's gonna look dope, yeah. right? Like how cool is it gonna be to like you know have a wide receiver rocking like number one, and, like that's gonna be super cool. But the thing it's gonna suck because. If you have a jersey, it's probably going to be outdated. Yeah, yeah. 
a bunch of players are, are going to go out and change their number. <laughs> Especially the young guys. If, I feel like older. I feel like guys like Julio Jones or like big guys that have been big names forever aren't going to go randomly change their numbers just because like they've built a brand around their number. But mm-hmm. like, say you got a Justin Jefferson jersey. Yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, I feel like it mostly comes down. They all played like obviously they all played in college. And, like, in college, you can have the single-digit number. So there's a lot of wide receivers and running backs that have, like, single-digit numbers. Mm-hmm. And then I bet they're all going to go out and get their college number back, especially if, yeah, if they have first yeah. or second year players like that. They're going to want mm-hmm. their, their college number. So. For sure. For sure. Because, really, in college, uh, the single-digit numbers are usually the best players on the team. Um, and the best players, like, every pretty much every player in the NFL that's a skilled player was, like, the best player on their team in college <laughs> like one yeah. of the best players on their team and we're rocking like a one or a two so right. a lot of like the new guys that come in are, are going to be rocking single digits and a lot of the younger guys may switch back including somebody that already did switch uh jalen hurts but it's is legal he just switched from number two to number one he's switching to number one next season which was his college number at oklahoma i don't remember if that was his number in alabama um but it definitely was at Oklahoma. And he's switching. Yeah, he's switching back. That's just an interesting little tidbit. Um, but this is going to be interesting so with, with, the, with the whole jersey exchange thing. It'll be, yeah, you know, it's cool for the players, cool to watch, but sucks if you have a jersey. Yeah. Jerseys are so expensive. I always say this. Jerseys are, jerseys are like, stupidly expensive. No, Jalen Hurts was number two in Alabama. Was he? Okay. Yeah. I don't remember. Like, was he? Yeah. He, uh, he liked his time in Oklahoma, obviously. <laughs> he, he was but, better at Oklahoma. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe eh, he's kind of equal, to be honest. He's kind of equal. But the thing is, he he, he got benched in the, in the national championship at Bama. And then two, and then that's what started the two at time. Mm-hmm. And then he transferred. And it was, well, it was pretty sticking good. So, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, maybe he'll maybe it'll be better next season. I think, I don't know. It depends on the draft who the Eagles draft if they like if they if they draft someone on defense then I'm gonna feel kind of bad in the first round <laughs> I was kind of like I kind of had my like I was like dead set that the Eagles were gonna take uh Jamar Chase at number six but he's not gonna be on the board at number 12 yes yeah. so <laughs> I don't know who they're gonna take one of the other receivers I, probably Waddle or I Smith. Uh, yeah I, I saw this video and it was it was about um the Dolphins and their whole trade thing. So obviously, like you know, because they what they did, they traded down to twelve and they traded back up to six. So they thought. So you, your thought process there is, is that you you want someone that's too good to be picked at like three, but good enough to be like this good enough that they're not going to be there at twelve. And the person that comes to mind is like it's probably like Slater, the offensive lineman. And I know really? I'm I'm not sure. I think I, if you're taking Slater, I don't think you pull back all. I think if you're taking Slater. I don't think you go back all the way up to six. I think that I think they might be in the market for one of the receivers. Still, that's what I thought. Really, that's what originally is like. Because yeah, like really, I feel like he could get one of the. I I feel like there there may not be any receivers off the board at six. You may still have your pick at six of the receivers, and if not, yeah. you've got the number. You know, you well like all the, like the three receivers like kind of Waddle, Devontae Smith, and uh, Jamar Chase. I feel like I have my rankings of them, but like really. It's kind of like interchangeable if you look at the scouts. Like they've all got different rankings of the three, so I yeah. feel like even if one of them's gone, like the next one down isn't like so much worse. Like I feel like if you're at six, like there's no way you get to the sixth pick and two of them are gone. Yeah, you're right. But like at well, six, Kyle Pitts might still be there at six. Yeah, like, yeah. Could like it, at most one receiver is off the board. 
or you know, you got Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, most likely to pick from a six. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, you could take you could take Slater as well, honestly. If you, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Slater's got a crazy story. Did you see like his like high school team was like awful? They he had like one win or something crazy throughout high school, and like he was like a three star prospect and ended up you know working his way up, sending out just like recruiting videos and stuff, and looking at mm-hmm. projected top ten pick. That's sweet. I, I like those stories. Those are those are nice. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, next, Falcons. Speaking of the draft, the Falcons are open to trading the number four pick in the draft per Albert Breer. Um, he also said that they have been having exploratory talks about the number four pick in terms of where it might want to go. There's been some talk that Denver may try to trade up for a QB. Um, New England can try to trade up for a QB. There's a lot of interesting talk about the number four pick. There is a good chance that the Falcons do not um, open up with the fourth pick. And I hope all I hope is that if this is true, I don't want my ma- my mock draft to be this screwed over. You know what I mean? I hope they trade it before the draft. <laughs> yeah. trade it. I don't want my mock draft to suffer like this. Yeah, you're never going to get a pick like a trade uh, like that, right? <laughs> you know, you don't know a team's going to trade up to number yeah, four. Yeah. It's like it's it's virtually impossible to tell. I'm not so predicting trade ups. I can't do that. I, I'm not predicting trade ups. I'm not that in tune with the with the league. I'm predicting who's there. And I know who I think I know who I would predict for the Falcons. I won't say it. I think I know who I'm predicting for the Falcons to take it for, but there's a good chance it gets traded. Yeah. And definitely definitely interesting. But yeah, please, if you're the if you're the forty if you're the uh, Falcons GM, please trade the pick before the draft uh-huh. so we don't mess up our mock draft. Yeah, get your priorities right here. I agree. I agree. Um, <laughs> and the last piece of news we have here, I said we'd come back to to Jeff Gladney, and this is about Jeff Gladney. Um, the first round pick corner last year to the Minnesota Vikings reportedly has turned himself into the Dallas police on a charge of a third degree assault felony. Um, he uh, he like beat up his girlfriend and punched her in the face and like dragged her by her hair or something. Um, like somewhere in Dallas and reported if he's convicted of this crime, um, he could face from two to 10 years in jail. Um, so I have no clue what that, you know, another thing I won't speculate on. I don't know what, I don't know the scenario behind all this. He turned himself in, uh, but if you're, if you're in Minnesota, you may not have your, your, your first round quarter, uh, ever again. <laughs> There's a real chance. Cause I mean, if this guy goes to jail for 10 years, He's never playing football again. So yeah, obviously. Um, but I, it always comes back to this. You're, you know, first round pick, and then you just like you go out and you do something like that. It's just kind of, it's a, it's a crazy thought. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, so now we can finally get into our our season analysis of the NFC West, um, our last final season analysis of the year, and. We'll start us off here with the division winners, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they went 12 and four, lost in the wild card, the first round exit to um, their interdivisional rival, the LA Rams. Um, so, on the season, uh, statistically, they were 17th in total offense, 16th in passing offense, and 12th in rushing offense. They're the 22nd total defense, uh, 31st versus the pass, so almost dead last, and fifth versus the rush. Um, the pass surprised me, honestly, because I feel like they had a very talented secondary. Like, you had Jamal Adams, who obviously we know Jamal Adams wasn't back in coverage very often last season. But they had Quandry Diggs, who was a pro bowler. They had Shaquille Griffin, uh, Quentin Dunbar, 
Right. Like, I just, I feel like there is a very talented secondary to be almost dead last. Mm-hmm. Like, the, 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 that surprised me. But um, they had one, two, three, four, five, six Pro Bowlers, um, which I believe tied, it might, I think that tied the most. And maybe I'm, maybe seven was the most. I don't know. But um, that being Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Bobby Wagner, Quandry Diggs, Jamal Adams, and Tyler Ott, the long snapper. Uh, they had one All Pro first teamer, Bobby Wagner. Two All Pro second teamers, DK Metcalf and Jamal Adams. Um, but over, you know, overall, it's a, yet another season where Russell Wilson is the MVP front runner for the first half of the season, <laughs> and then dies out, starts to throw some picks, becomes less efficient, and gets overtaken, and does not get a vote. Um, he still has no MVP votes. Um, <laughs> same thing happened last year. He got beat out by Lamar Jackson, didn't get a single vote. This season, got beat out by A. Rod and Mahomes and Josh Allen, and didn't get a single vote. Um, Sad days for Russell Wilson, but he is my MVP still uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, he, on the season, 4,212 yards, ninth in the league, 40 touchdowns, which was number two in the league, only behind Aaron Rodgers, 13 picks, and a 73.5 quarterback rating, which was eighth in the league, commanding um, one of the, you know commanding an offense that at times was extremely explosive. At times, it kind of sputtered, especially when Carlos Hyde went out. Uh, or no, sorry, not Carlos Hyde. I mean when um chris carson Carson. went out i'm sorry yeah um carlos side was on that team but his absence was not as important as (laughs) as chris carson's um especially when chris carson went out that offense tended to sputter a bit and um but you saw a crazy development from dk metcalf some crazy games by tyler lockett um the offensive line was uh not very good uh suspect as per usual in seattle we've seen russell wilson come out and talk about how he's kind of frustrated by that a little bit this offseason um but though there may have been some players that on paper, maybe the stats looked a little bit popped off the the page a little bit more. Um, Russell Wilson is my MVP. I think when this team wins, it's because of Russell Wilson. And I think this team lives and dies by Russell Wilson this season. And they went 12 and four. So they, they lived the vast majority of the time. Wasn't able to get it done in the playoffs. So I've been losing to the Rams that were led by John Wolford. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of a stain, a blemish on the season for Seattle. But MVP yeah. to Ross. Yeah, yeah, Russell Wilson had a great year. I also gave him my MVP, 4,112 yards. It's a great, great number there. 40 touchdowns, great, great year all around. He had like 13 interceptions. I didn't mark it down. That's still a great touchdown yeah. to interception ratio. So Russell Wilson had a great yeah. year. Usual. I'm, I'm waiting for the year he gets a, an MVP vote, but I, I have a feeling mm-hmm. he's going to be like Drew Brees and kind of never really get there. <laughs> At least Brees got a couple votes. Yeah. Russell doesn't have a single vote. That's rough. That is sad, especially the year where they won the Super Bowl. I feel like he – I forget who won it that year, but I feel like he, he probably deserved it. Yeah. At least to an extent. Uh, well, back in – I mean, he – I don't know. Back in vote. those days, maybe a vote, but they were kind of being carried at that point by the Legion of Boom. He was just kind yeah. of the game manager at, the, at that point. Yeah. But Russell Wilson's like having like a Hall of Fame level career, but it hasn't even got an MVP vote. It's sad. Mm-hmm. It's sad to see. But – um. Offensive player of the year. Usually I give offensive player of the year or defensive player of the year to the MVP pick, but I change it up. My offensive player of the year is not Russell Wilson. It is, however, DK Metcalf. Um, Crazy year for DK Metcalf statistically. 83 receptions, 1,303 yards, uh, which was seventh in the league, and 10 touchdowns on the year, which was eighth in the league. A humongous physical receiver built like a Mack truck. Um, It's kind of... It's kind of like he's kind of getting like he's kind of overrated and underrated to be honest. It's like 
you know, he's to the point where like yeah. everyone thought he was so good, and like we're just, like the, he's at the exact same point Juju Smith-Schuster was at, but for different reasons. Um, <laughs> like where seemingly all the little kids became obsessed with DK Metcalf, and then everyone's like, "Oh, he's so overrated," but everyone thinks he's so bad because everyone says he's overrated. <laughs> like he's still a great receiver. Right. The thing that he definitely he he had the issue of his route trees still not as developed as it maybe could be. Um, that was the issue coming out of Ole Miss for him. And this season he had a lot of problems with his hands. Um, to be he kind of he kind of caught the case of stone hands sometimes. Um, he would try. He dropped a couple of touchdowns, a couple of open passes this season. Something he definitely needs to work on is the hands, the sureness of those, and and hopefully trying to expand the route tree a little bit more um, as. You know, as we've been saying for the past couple of years, but overall, he's a beastly prospect, beastly player. Thirteen hundred yards speaks for itself in season two. Um, <laughs> really, the three the three second year receivers like DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, and AJ Brown, they're all like absolute monsters. Um, they're all beasts. Um, there's a lot of stuff like I see stuff every single day, like rank from one to three. AJ Brown, DK yeah. Metcalf, Terry McLaurin. I can't do it. It's like so. It's so tough for me to rank those guys. I really, I like, I, I can't rank them because I feel like DK has the best stats, but AJ Brown was injured for a while. But Terry McLaurin's doing it with a bad QB. Yeah, and like, I can't. I, I don't know. I can't figure it out. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I won't. I won't rank them for now. But um, crazy season from DK as he wins my OPOY. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a good year. I wanted to give this to like someone else, but but you know. You, you got to respect the 1,300 yards, as you just said, the 10 touchdowns, stat monster, and he's huge games here and there. Just, yeah, you, you you hit the nail right on the head there. He's both overrated and underrated based on who you talk to. Some people think he's he's a, either, you know, there's the Twitter like post that everyone talks about. It's like, honestly, DK Metcalf is as good as like Prime Megatron at this point or something like that. Yeah. Obviously, that's not true at all, but he's certainly no bum. And he's no he's no scrub off the street. He's he's still physically dominant, and yeah, it might uh-huh. not be a perfect year, but certainly not, nothing to scoff at. For sure, for sure. Uh, defensive player of the year, I had a rough time with because there's guys, there's three get really there's like a, a a multitude of players I could have given it to. I could have given my Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams, Quandre Dig, KJ Wright, even. KJ Wright was an interesting pick because he didn't have necessarily the stats of the other guys, but if you looked. And like all the Seattle pages gave it to KJ Wright and said like his impact was there, and I respect that. Um, Quanji Diggs had five interceptions and like ten passes defended, but for me it came down to the two the two All Pro players, Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams. And um, you know, say what you want, make all the jokes, but Jamal Adams is my defensive player of the year for the Seahawks. Uh, Wagner had a great season, had you know, like 138 tackles or something crazy like that, but the highlights weren't there. You know, he he had like. He had, like, three sacks, no interceptions, and, like, two passes defended on the year. Like, no forced fumbles. Oh, he's still a great, a great linebacker. The best linebacker in the league, in my opinion. Um, I feel like the highlights weren't there. This wasn't, this wasn't like, a season where he was making splash, splash impact plays at left, left and right. But then again, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams played 12 games this season and set the all-time NFL record for most sacks by a defensive back. Nine and a half sacks in 12 games is extremely impressive for an edge rusher, let alone safety. You know what I mean? Say what you want to call him, blitz boy or whatever. But when you're a team like Seattle was, especially the first half of the season, you have to have to. What, what, what do you do? Like, just let the quarterback sit there and throw the ball? Because who is rushing the passer? 
nobody like Jerron Reed is not a crazy pass rusher. You know, you know, mm-hmm. he's more of a run stuffer, which was a big reason that they were top five in the league and in, in run stuffing. Um, but they didn't get Carlos Dunlap until late season. Yeah, uh, Bruce Irvin was out for basically the entire season. Uh, you had to have Jamal Adams rush the passer. You know what I mean? That was the only thing you could do. And then he started to come back in coverage a little bit more once they got Carlos Dunlap in the building. But um, overall, nine and a half sacks in 12 games to go with, uh, 83 tackles, a forced fumble, and three passes defended. Uh, Jamal Adams does win my DPOI. I want a little bit of a different route here. I actually I gave it I gave it to the other All Pro you just mentioned, Bobby Wagner. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. the stat you look at the stats, and honestly, other than like a few less stats, um, tackles, Jamal like Jamal Adams had a much better stat line. <laughs> um, but it's it's like it's kind of about the eye test. Uh, like him, he was in coverage, and he was just not good. And they, they, he wasn't in coverage a large percentage of snaps for that reason. And they really could have used a safety in coverage as the thirty-second ranked team against the pass. You know, like mm-hmm. certainly could have given it. Like I don't, I respect the pick a lot. I definitely think Jamal Adams is still really good, even though like he brings another element of play to that defense. But I, I did, I like, but you know, he didn't maybe not, he didn't have a bunch of like eye-popping highlights, but he was, he was really solid all around. He had actually had eight passes defended, which I was very surprised to see. So that's like, you know, he, he was out there. You know, he, he just had a really solid year. I definitely respect yeah. the Jamal Adams pick, though. Yeah. I did mistake on the pass defended, I will say. Oh, that's fine. But that, that, that is one thing you are correct. Bobby Wagner is a lot more consistent. Uh, while I did pick Jamal Adams, and he has the more highlight plays, he also has some low-light plays to Bobby that you're never going to see from Bobby Wagner. Um, yeah. But I, I like to pick Bobby Wagner. Uh, rookie of the year was a tough one. Because their first round pick, Jordan Brooks, did not get uh, a lot of consistent playing time, um, as really we didn't expect him to, sitting behind Bobby Wagner. Um, but most of the rookies didn't see the field very much, except for one. And this is my rookie of the year, offensive guard Damian Lewis. Um, came in, was the week one starter, uh, made the, the pro football focus all rookie team. Um, he, he struggled in the, in the pass blocking game this season, but was an absolute monster uh, versus the run. Uh, just, just, just a beast. One of the few, very few rookie offensive linemen to start every single game, um, and yeah, PFF All Rookie Team with with Warps and Dotson and on Wenu, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty, pretty stinking good player. One of the one of the very few um, offensive line threats that Seattle does have. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I also gave it to him. Yeah, just a, a simple few clicks of the keys, <laughs> and you'll you'll see that the rest of the rookies don't really play that much. Yeah, and when it's not like Damian Lewis was any, like, he wasn't a liability on the field. So he's my rookie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the grade. For me, Seattle, they had such, they had a, a, they were like the best team, like one of the best teams in the league through the first, like, eight games. And then they cooled off. You know, some stuff was going down. Defensively, they were struggling all season. I give them a B plus. They went 12 and four. You know, that's a good season. Some, you know, a lot of good players on that team, but. He didn't win any playoff game. I'm not giving him an A, despite how great of a season they had. They didn't win. You know, uh, I might bump him down to a B. I'll go B plus, B plus, B plus. They didn't win any playoff games. They got beat by John Wolford in the playoffs. I'll still say B plus. Uh, I I gave him an A minus, just a little bit better. Twelve and four is, is an incredibly good record. We just talked about some really good stat lines there, and although the defense was bad, there definitely were some a little bit top heavy with Bobby Wagner and. And Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs, like you said, like there's talent there, and it's not like it wasn't a bad year, but a minus. Yeah. I definitely, 
it would be a lot better if they would have won, even if they won, like, even if they just beat the Rams, it would have been so much better. Yeah. It's tough for me to give a team in the A's if, um, like, A, they didn't, like, wildly outperform my expectations or they didn't win a playoff game. But, like, if there was a team that, like, you know, say you had to face Tampa Bay in the first round and you lost, I'm not going to be like, ooh, like, ah, <laughs> uh, you, you, you probably suck. You know what I mean? But, like, you know, if you beat you, you they should have beat the Rams. They they should yeah, have they beat should. John Wolford's Rams, and they did it a lot. Um, B plus is where I'm going for Seattle. I like I respect the A minus stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Next, the Rams team we're talking about. All right, we're back. We're, we're back at it. Nothing like the occasional cutout of uh, of Skype. So <laughs> technical difficulties always an issue. But um, to start where we left off, so if we if if nothing else, we had a very easy. Easy point to leave off on. Um, the Rams we get into now, 10-6. and six. Um, The second in the division, made the playoffs, lost in the divisional round um, to the Green Bay Packers. Actually made, beat the Seahawks in the first round, like, I, like we talked about before. Um, they were, ele- they, they actually, their, their stats, see, like their rankings this season are actually very impressive. Um, if you listen, they were 11th in total offense, um, the 13th passing offense, and the 10th rushing offense. They were the number one ranked defense in terms of yards allowed. They are the number one ranked defense versus the pass, the number three ranked defense versus the rush. So that defense is smothering. And as much as I say, like, like as much as we love the Steelers defense and stuff, I think this season the Rams had the best defense mm-hmm. um, for sure. Aaron Donald was a defensive yeah. player of the year. I don't, do I agree with that? No. Was he? Yes. Um, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey is, you know, a top two corner in football. They had they they lost them for sure and like John Johnson Troy Troy Hill, um, but they still have Darius Williams a beast. Now nah, they're they're gonna be replacing. Yeah, they're moving Taylor Rapp into the starting lineup. Uh, I guess they're for the, a lot of this season, but he will be more heavily uh, dependent on. I'll say, um, Mikey Kaiser will get some more run uh, this season. But overall, it was a very good season. very good season. They had two Pro Bowlers, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Two All-Pro players, both were All-Pro first-teamers, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, who would have thought. Um, a defensive-oriented team. Offensively, they were definitely a run-heavy team. And they started to really to really grow on offense when they started um, featuring Cam Akers as the back. I feel like early season, Cam wasn't getting much run. And it was all Malcolm Brown and, and Daryl Henderson. And like that was like all season. And then they started, and they're like, you know, let's give this Cam Akers kid a shot. And he started, you know, he, the, the offense started to really take off. You know, I mean, on both sides of the football, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Sadly, both of them did not eclipse the 1,000 yard mark, but they were both like in the 970 yard mark, which was yeah. sad to see for me. <laughs> I wanted, you know, they could have 2,000 yard receivers. It was very close, very close. They're they're both beasts. Um, but the MVP is an easy pick, um, as we all know. Um, John Johnson the third for MVP. Um, we we kind of know it's Aaron Donald. Is the pick for for MVP? It's easy money. Forty five tackles, thirteen and a half sacks, four forced fumbles. Does does absolutely everything. Double team sent his way every single play. Monsters through him. He's you know probably the second best player in football if I had to say it. Um, best defensive player in football. Go down as a Hall of Famer. A top three defensive tackle, maybe top two defensive tackle of all time. <laughs> An absolute monster. Um, nobody stopping Aaron Donald on this planet. Best defensive player in all football, as I said, 13 and a half sacks before a force fumble speaks for itself. Um, defensive player of the year in the league, MVP of the Rams. Yeah, I also gave Aaron Donald the MVP as well. 13 and a half sacks is very good. But it, it's the impact. Obviously, as you mentioned, it was a, a very defensive-oriented team. And who's the centerpiece of the defense? It's obviously Aaron Donald. Shutting, 
absolute dominant force all around. And there's yeah. there's absolutely nothing to. Although I don't think personally, I don't think he should win Defensive Player of the Year. He did. He had an incredibly good year, and you, we know we know he's double teamed. We know he has a huge eye test effect as well. But you know, as Steeler fans, we I guess we're a little bit biased. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But the stats speak for themselves. Come yeah, on, TJ Show. Not completely biased, but. <clears throat> but. We we won. I got it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> offensive play of the year was a tough one. It was between the two receivers for me, Cup and Woods. Um, I gave it to Cooper Cup. Ninety-two receptions, nine hundred seventy-four yards, and three touchdowns for him. The stats were extremely close, and Robert Woods actually had a rushing game, which is something I didn't actually like. I kind of knew, but I didn't realize how big of an impact he had. But I did give it to Cooper Cup just from eye test. I feel like Cup is a better, and it's just it seems like Cup's plays come in the more timely. You know, I mean, Cup seems mm-hmm. to have the more impactful plays. Um, like a game on the line, you, you need a first down. That Cooper Cup is your go-to guy, right? So yeah. the, the impact is there for Cooper Cup. He, he, you know, he's been a crazy slot receiver. Has been coming out of the, uh, coming into the league. I'm sorry, and he's my OPOY. I thought I had you there, but then you had you had reason yourself. So I actually had Robert Woods. He had like 40 less yards, two times as many tack, um, touchdowns. He had six compared to three. So. Um, I thought I got you, but you had your you had your eye test effect, so I can't I can't get I can't say I got you there. <laughs> so I actually I had Robert Woods as my offensive player of the year. Okay, I like it. I like it. Like you said, six touchdowns, and he had a very a very big impact in the rushing game. Obviously, they're a super uh, run heavy team, and he was getting a lot of a lot of designed wide receiver runs and in, in pitches and end arounds and mm-hmm. such. So he he, yeah. he had a pretty good, he had a pretty sneaky good season for somebody that looked kind of rough last year and. Uh, was pretty good this year. Got got to respect it. Um, mm-hmm. Defensive player of the year, easy one for me. Aaron Donald, uh, defensive player of the league, he's the defensive player of the Rams for me. Um, that's that's easy money. Not much explaining. Yeah, I, as a as a, I don't really like. I'm not a humongous fan of giving two players the same award. I kind of wanted to give this to Jalen Ramsey, but the stats just aren't there. And like, it, I can't with a clear conscience give the NFL MVP. I mean, not the NFL uh, defensive player of the year, not their team defensive player of the year. So sure. that's what I. I also gave Taron Donald. True. Um, and rookie of the year, Cam Akers for me, the running back. I know you don't like Cam Akers, um, <laughs> <laughs> but 145 attempts, 625 yards, two toddies, 4.3 yards per carry. Not the best rookie rookie running back, but did the job. And I feel like, while I don't think he's one of those, I'm not one of those guys that thinks he's going to be like a star running back next season. Um, I do think the stats will definitely be there next season. Um because all sides are pointing towards them actually featuring him to more than they did last season where, you know, he got at most one-third of the carries. So mm-hmm. they're going to feature him more next season and um, rookie of the year for me. So Yeah, he didn't really get, like, him and Darrell Henderson had really similar stat lines. I, I actually gave it to the, the second member of the secondary, Jordan Fuller. He okay. played a lot, 60 tackles, three interceptions. I didn't look at him. He, he had a good season as well. Yeah, solid year. It's It's kind of comparing apples and oranges of two players, but I just thought, the big defense, three interceptions. That's a nice number. The, definitely a, a team that was really, really stingy with the turnovers. That's I'm very. I really like the Rams year. I'm. Emma yeah. Stafford's gonna be dangerous next year. Yeah. Very dangerous. What? What? Onto the grids. So um. What? <laughs> so I actually gave the Rams an A. Um. Just <laughs> you know, it's it was a really good year. They made it into the second round of the playoffs. The defense was really good. The offense was was passable. Um, Jared Goff definitely isn't like a superstar quarterback by any means, but he really got the job done. As the running game was was like the three headed beast, <clears throat> and at the end of the year they f- kind of focused on Cam Cam Akers a little bit more, and definitely worked out. Um, even with Wolford, 
offense it was able to run at a passable rate, so they were able to win. So yeah, I gave the Rams an A, but I definitely like I, I like the Rams. So even though I don't like Cam Akers that much, I do like the Rams. I, I like that pick. Did I was I? Did you hear me? No. A second ago. I, no, I, okay. I don't know if like one of your parents walk in the room or something. So I okay. I don't know if I, I I like tried to mute myself, but I don't know if I muted myself or if I turned. It off was like really really quiet, so I, I could barely hear you. Okay, I don't know what I did, but anyway, I I, I really did want to give the Rams an A, but I gave them a B plus, the same as the Seahawks, just because <laughs> I felt like they outperformed my expectations, but like I don't know, I feel like they were also in a like their defense outperformed my expectations, but their offense was. Kind of underperformed my expectations to be to be quite honest. So uh, I feel like I I feel like I went I, I go B plus for them. Kind of the same as the Rams. I feel like there are two teams that had a pretty similar season overall. So mm-hmm. uh, B plus for me. Um, That's fair. AZ the Cardinals, a team that went eight and eight, but like I feel like they're so much better than an eight and eight team. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like I feel like we can all agree on. So the, they go eight and eight. Um, they, they did not make the, they did not make the playoffs. Um, they were one game out. Or not, not even one game out because the Bears made it at eight. So they were, you know, like 0.5 games out of the playoffs. It, it was rough. <laughs> yeah. They would have been the second team in the league to have three teams in the playoffs um, with the AFC North. Um, the Cardinals were the sixth total offense this season, 17th passing offense, and seventh rushing offense. They're the 13th total defense, 10th versus the pass, and 22nd versus the rush. They had three Pro Bowlers Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and Buda Baker. One all-pro first-teamer, Buda Baker. One all-pro second-teamer, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, an explosive offense, for sure. Especially when Kenyon Drake was playing. Say what you want about Kenyon Drake, fantasy-wise. Um, he had a pretty good season. You know, like, like I believe he had over 1,000 rushing yards. Led it was the seventh, 955. 955. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. He led them to the 7th um, rushing team, as well as Kyler Murray has a big impact in that rushing game, for sure. Yeah, so. Yeah, Kyler Murray's a gamer, man. Kyler Murray is an absolute gamer. Uh, getting it done. He's such a fun player to watch. Yeah, like, are the stats? Is he a top five QB in the league? Probably not. I would say no, at least personally. Um, but he's very, very fun to watch. Let me tell you that there are. You're not going to find very many players that are more fun to watch than Kyler Murray. Um, he's so explosive, passing and rushing. Um, and DeAndre Hopkins, you know, an absolute beast. The Hale Murray was like the the like probably the best play of the season in my opinion. Um. The Hail, Mar- the Hail Mary from Kyler Murray versus the Bills to DeAndre Hopkins. An absolutely crazy, crazy play. Um, and and on the receiving end was D-Hop, who is my Arizona Cardinals MVP. Nice uh, I, <laughs> uh, Yeah, there you go. Uh, it was between D-Hop and, and Kyler for me. Um, I, I gave it to D-Hop. 115 receptions, second in the league. 1,407 yards, third in the league. And six touchdowns to go with that. I believe he's, if not the best receiver, uh, top two receiver in football. Um, an absolute monster, a maniac. Uh, can jump up with probably the highest vertical in the league of any receiver. Can jump with the absolute best of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so athletic, such for hands. Uh, man's an absolute unit, <laughs> an absolute monster. D hop. Um, you know, fourteen hundred yards, and the, you know that, that's what we were all saying. He was a top five wide receiver with Matt Schwab and Brian Hoyer and Brock Osweiler. When as soon as he got a quarterback, Deshaun Watson, he skyrocketed. You know, led the league in like every receiving stat. Um, comes comes here and, and is still an absolutely amazing receiver. All pro second teamer, um, an absolute you know, an absolute monster. One of my favorite players, D Hop MVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also gave D Hop as the MVP. Yeah, it, the offense was really good, but like. If you look at the stats, I don't. I just didn't think Murray was completely worthy of the yeah, uh, yeah. the MVP. The TD to interception ratio was not as good as I would have would have liked. 
he still had a really good year. But I just thought, yeah. like, if you're going to give a two to an offensive player, then you got to give it to D Hop. Mm-hmm. Crazy year with a 1,407 yards, six touchdowns. Just you got to love some D Hop. And, and of course, the, the amazing Hail Mary against the Bills. That's, uh, that's, probably, that's, that's probably my favorite player from the season, just yeah. off the top of my head. But, Me uh, too. Me so too. he's so skilled. D Hop is so good. <laughs> yeah, um, and he's my MVP. He's also my um, offensive player of the year. So there isn't much to say there. The best offensive player on the um, my opinion. He's in the Madden 99 club. Not that that means too much, but I think that's a cool little tidbit. Pro bowler, all pro second teamer, um, offensive player of the year. Yeah, I gave him as the offensive player of the year as well. Just the best player, simply. Simply put. Yeah. And defensive player of the year for me, um, it didn't go to the guy that had the best stats, um, but it did go to the guy that I believe was the best defensive player. Had an absolutely monster season, eye test-wise. Um and just played a humongous role in that in the um, the Cardinals being a the thirteenth uh, total defense. Uh, Buda Baker is my defensive player of the year. I believe the best statistical player in Arizona this season was Hassan Reddick, um, with you know twelve and a half sacks. But Buda Baker had such a crazy year, man. You know, of the safeties, he had one of the best, if not the best, season of any safety this year. Um, he had 118 tackles, two sacks, a forced fumble, two interceptions, and six passes defended. He's a guy that's always going to come up with, with 100 tackles, but he did it so efficiently. Um, he's just an absolute stud this season, and not much I can really else I can really say. If you watch that team, you know the impact that Buda Baker had and the crazy leap that he took this season. He is my defensive player of the year for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, me and you went through the same exact thought process. I looked at the stats, saw Hassan Reddick at 12 and a half sacks, and was ready to give him defensive play of the year. Um, and then, you know, I just thought about it. He had a lot of those from one game. He had the one crazy stat game. Yeah, I had like a five sack, like three force fumble game. That's like, that's like the craziest game. <laughs> that's like the craziest stat yeah. I've like ever seen in my life. I was like, I, I tend to discredit players and their like numbers like that. But when it comes to that, like, there's other than that one game, he had, you know, he, he really didn't have, like, the rest of the year, the, the impact wasn't humongous. And compared to Buda Baker, someone I really like, I forget if I put him on my love list. I feel like I did. Um, I think you did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Buda Baker is just a, a really good player, really solid tackler. Um, and, yeah, the impact is humongous from Buda Baker, so I gave that to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. My rookie of the year, you know, he didn't get much playing time, but it did still go to Isaiah Simmons. The linebacker, one of my favorite, if not my favorite player in last year's draft class. Um, 54 tackles, two sacks, a forced fumble, and interception. You saw he got that 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 playing time in the one. I don't remember what the overtime game was, but he got the game-winning interception. Um, Isaiah Simmons, I feel, is still an absolute beast. He can you know play at so many different uh, places on the floor. I think he's an amazing player, but uh, he just doesn't get the time. He doesn't get the necessary yeah. playing time. That's that's what it comes down to for me. So. As much as I love Isaiah Simmons, I want him to get some more playing time. He didn't get the playing time, but he's still he's still in the year for me. So, yeah, he was my rookie of the year as well. I mean, compared to the rest of the rookies that they had, like they, no one else really got to play much. Um, it's another one of those teams. There was someone else. We give um, another like team. The, the Texans had like Jonathan Greener. No, I there were, we might, I forget if if we gave um, the Lions Jeff Okuda. Maybe we we gave someone. No, I gave the I think I gave the Lions. They had an offensive line. Just Jonah Jackson, I think it was. Oh yeah, I remember that now. And it, there was a team. There was a team that was in a very similar the, situation. The Packers. The Packers of anybody. I gave him like Chris Barnes, and you gave him John Ryan. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, and anyway, but there was like there was another team that had like a first round rookie that didn't get to play that much, um, but still was like was still better than the rest of the rookies. And I feel like oh, it's probably the Isaiah Giants, maybe right? Who was it? The Giants with Andrew Thomas? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Anyway, that's the situation. Like he's still really good, and he had a he had a really he had like, a pretty good year. They just didn't really get utilized in a very good way, and as we've said, he really didn't get to play a whole lot. So very disappoint. I was very disappointed that he didn't get to play that much. I was expecting. I was kind of almost expecting him to win like defensive rookie of the year, but <laughs> yeah, I was in the he was a runner. Up. Like I, I was like, he was a runner up for mine as well. But he was kind of a sleeper pick for me. Um, yeah, in the grade, um, I, I have I I have a really tough time grading the Cardinals because they went eight and eight, which theoretically is bad and underperformed my expectations. But I feel like they were so much better than an eight and eight team. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm going C plus for the Rams, or no, I'm sorry, the Cardinals, um, because it just feels like they're better than average. They were a good football team, but they still like underperformed my expectations from a win loss standpoint. So C plus. Yeah, I, I gave them a C, just a little bit lower. It's Perfectly average at the eight and eight season. Um, that, the team was really good, like all around, but just they couldn't get together. They couldn't win, uh, like string a bunch of wins together. And for that, you know, they missed the playoffs, and yeah. it's a sad loss. But yes. next next yes. year, next year the Cardinals are another team that are gonna gonna pop off. I bet it is. It is. And um, the Forty ers the final team of the division. Six and ten missed the playoffs. Um, they were the fifteenth total offense, twelfth passing offense, fifteenth rushing offense, the fifth total defense, fourth versus the pass, and seventh versus the rush. Um, they had three Pro Bowlers: Kyle Uzcheck, the fullback; Trent Williams and Fred Warner. One All Pro player, All Pro first teamer, Fred Warner. Um, another team that you know they were they were riddled with injuries this season. You know, I'm, I'm not giving the six and ten record. I'm not going to say they suck. Jimmy G was injured all season. George Kittle was out. Uh, Ayuk, Bourne, and Sam Debo all were missing time with injury. All the running backs, you know, obviously Nick Bosa's out for the year. Sherman missed a bunch of time. So many players on that team were out with injury. It's just, you know, I'm not giving it all men. But, you know, guys, there, there was some promise for sure. The defense was still very good, even without Nick Bosa. Eric Armstead was able to uh, produce a lot of pressure as well as D Ford. Um, Fred Warner had the best season of his career. Um, Jason Verrett broke out as with Richard Sherman and the safety, Jimmy Ward and, and uh, Jaquiski Tart had a pretty good year. The defense in general was very, very good. Um, really carried that team. Um, and my MVP was the leader of that defense this season, um, Fred Warner, um, all pro first teamer. He had 125 tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, two interceptions and six passes defended. Um, had a really nice coverage grade this season, really showed that he can get it done in the passing in the rushing game. 125 tackles speaks for itself. You know, the, the man's an absolute monster. All pro first teamer, uh, Fred Warner for MVP. Yeah, I'm loving I'm loving the segues today. I also yeah. gave Warner as my MVP. Yeah, the 125 tackles, a sack, two interceptions. He was flying around the field. Definitely uh, a top top three linebacker this year in football. Um, that's not it's a conservative s- statement, um, but yeah, he's my MVP. Yeah, uh, OPOY. As the, the national championship begins a it minute does. ago. One minute ago. Um, <laughs> my offensive play of the year was, was interesting because a lot of like the front runners early season got injured. Um, so I actually gave it to the rookie, Brandon Ayuk, is my, is my offensive player of the year for them. 60 receptions for 748 yards, missing a couple games in there. Seven total touchdowns, which is five receiving and two 
rushing touchdowns, and he had a very big impact in terms of, of rushing the football, you know, a lot big, bigger of an impact than one may have expected from, from a rookie coming in. But, with, you know, with an offense that was lacking so many players, Nick Mullins having one of the weakest arms I've ever seen, um, <laughs> you kind of got to get some smoke and mirror stuff going. And, and they did with Brandon Ayuk, who's my offensive player of the year. Yeah, we're going to – 99.9% chance we're going to have the exact same. Yeah. <laughs> from here. You know, Kyle Sadayuk as the offensive player of the year. Um, he was a leader in receiving yards. He also got to rush the ball a lot. Debo Samuels was injured a lot. George Kittle was injured a lot. And he is, mm-hmm. he was, he was consistently on the field for the most part. And, uh, you know, he's just one of the biggest target there. So yeah, he won, he won the offensive player of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, defensive player of the year, same as my MVP. It's Fred Warner. Um, an all pro, an all pro player, an absolute stud this season. Um, like you said, probably a top three linebacker this year. Getting her done in the passing game and the rushing game, doing his absolute thing. Not much else I can say about him. My defensive player of the year. Yeah, I also had Fred Warner as the defensive player of the year. And an easy pick here for rookie of the year, Brandon Ayuk. Um, the the second first round pick of the 49ers, actually their second pick in the draft, is Javon Kinlaw. Was drafted before him technically, um, but Brandon Ayuk. Very good season, um, shifty, shifty type of, of receiver. One of the better receivers in the draft class. You know, top three or four. One of the, you know, it's tough with these guys. There, there's a lot of great, a lot of great receivers in this draft class. It's top five, I'll say. I'll say top mm-hmm. five. I don't, I don't know exactly where, but um, yeah, an absolute beast, shifty type of guy can do everything on the field, and really fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I also gave Brandon Ayuk as the rookie of the year. I mean, oh, you didn't give it to Javon Kinlaw. That's too. Uh, I did it. No, I yeah, did not. Um, and the grade C minus for the Niners for me because you know I'm not they had a bad season, but like really with all the injuries they had, six and ten actually is not even that bad to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, oh, I like I like that. I I gave him a D. I gave him a D plus. So yeah, there's yeah, a lot okay. of injuries. I was you're expecting a lot. Um, I was expecting a lot. It's just they just um played in the Super Bowl and lost, but they're they're it's the it's the same thing. <laughs> They injured. They like in, they get injured, um, and they get a high round pick. Uh, they're gonna draft someone, and they're gonna be really good next year. So yeah, yeah. I'm in the same. I, I I think I predicted them to get 13 and three and win the division. Um, but obviously, I'm not gonna give them a low grade just because of injuries because that's not something that um we can really control. And yeah, that is <laughs> as the national championship starts. Um, Baylor's Baylor up. is off to yeah. a seven zero week. Seven. What is it on your? What do you have? For um, uh, I'm always on these sketchy streams though. Okay, yeah. I'm watching it on on, on KDK live, so it's seven now currently. Okay, it might be on. It might be on actual TV. <laughs> Davion Mitchell drains a three to put Baylor up seven zero versus versus the the thirty one and zero Gonzaga team, who is my national championship winners. I actually predicted this correct when I made my bracket. I predicted Baylor Gonzaga in the championship, and. That's what it is. I predicted Zaga to win. As I told Joe, I'm in this pool. I'm in a I'm in a March Madness pool for my basketball team, and it's like all of us and like this, a lot of parents and just whoever wanted to. It's like a ten dollar entry fee, and it's like money goes to support the basketball team, but a large portion of the money goes to the top three winners. And there's like forty of us in the bracket. And sadly, if Gonzaga wins, the top three players in the bracket or the top three teams in the bracket get money, and I will finish fourth. So. <laughs> Very, very sad. Um, I'll get nothing, sadly. I'll finish 10 points off, which is the smallest margin I could finish off from getting money. So, Dang. Sad. It's stupid. But with it that, is, uh, we, we, got, we have things going on. Um, 
So if you don't have any parting words, we can we can bid you all adieu. <laughs> my, my parting words are go Bulldog. Go Gonzaga. Go Bears. Go Baylor. All right, I, 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 I guess I guess I have a prediction, but your prediction's looking good. It's nine oh. Gonzaga is not scored yet. It's a, it's looking rough right now, but hopefully hopefully that they can step it up. Baylor came out with their foot on the absolute gas pedal. But uh, you'll be seeing us on a Tuesday. Um, we're we're gonna have to come up with a new series now. Um, so let, yeah. let us know let us know if you've got any ideas for a new series to come up with because um, we're at we're at ideas. <laughs> we don't have any. Ideas. <laughs> we 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 uh, that was our our season analysis was the big thing, and um, you know there's there's different things we can go on to. We can do some sort of like analysis of like different players or something I, I don't know how that would work i don't know how that would work but um we don't want to we don't want to drag out these like analysis things though yeah. well we'll we'll think of something cool i'm sure we, we always uh by the end of the week we'll think of something good enough to to do here so we've got a whole off season ahead of us we'll have lots of fun things i'm sure for sure for sure but uh yeah let us know if you got anything you want to see and um without further ado i guess from us here at the colton and joe show we are decent